Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Welcome to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today we will be having a conversation about this past Sunday's message, Healing from Hurt. This is the fourth message from our current series, Whispers, How to Hear the Voice of God. Pastor Christian, I'm sure after last week's message and now this week's message on how to hear from God in the midst of pain, hearts have been stirred and, and hurts have been exposed. What, what stories are you hearing of how this, this series has impacted lives? Well, I think we're just hearing a lot of confirmation. You know, we started this series with the premise that, that God is speaking to people every day. And they either are not aware of that or they're not aware of how to hear that. So the goal of this series was just to really make them aware of a reality in their life, not to create a new reality in their life. Like God isn't speaking to people because of this series. People are just now hearing God speak to them because of this series. And and the things that we're hearing, you know, we're doing this Be Still Challenge over the course of 40 days. We ask people, if you're on a reading plan, stay on your reading plan, but listen differently. Uh, we told people, if you don't have a reading plan, read one chapter a day and answer these questions. And in the very first week of the series, I had someone approach me the following Sunday, and they said, you know, one day this week, my reading was in James 3 about holding my tongue, about how the tongue can produce evil. And I went to work that day thinking, hold my tongue. Because I read that, I went to work that day thinking, hold your tongue. And they told me the the gossip and the conflict at the office that day. They said, normally all day long, I would have been drawn into conflict because I would have been sounding off about everything. But that morning, I felt like, I didn't realize it till the end of the day, but that morning I realized God told me to hold my tongue so I wouldn't get drawn into it. And I felt like I heard God speaking to me all day long. Every time I had a chance to enter gossip or conflict, I just heard again that verse, hold your tongue, uh, hold your tongue. Um, I, I heard from a uh, from a couple that realized, they knew this, they just didn't act on it, that they had a very unhealthy third wheel in their relationship. A husband and wife that had a, a, a third party friend uh, between them who was unhealthy. And I said last week from the stage, uh, if, if you continue, you know, talking to that person, if you continue being in relationship with that person, you're going to have an affair. And when I said that, they both immediately kind of had acknowledged in their heart from God, that's, that's you. Your marriage is going to end because this person, you know it, and they know it, and your spouse knows it. This is heading for an affair. It's time for somebody to speak up and say something. Uh, and they did. God God used that one line in the message to speak directly to a situation. Uh, I met a, a woman who came to our church for the very first time, a widow, at the end of one of our services last week, uh, who walked up to me and introduced herself in tears. Uh, and she said, I just, I just want to let you know how God's working in my life today. She said, my husband died the day after Easter. I've not been to church anywhere since then. I'm just trying to recover. I've uh, been, been trying to recover in my own life. And she said, every day I've been driving by your church and I feel like God's been saying, go, you need to go, you need to go. So I decided this morning I was going to get up and come. Uh, I got up, my dog's f foot was kind of hurting. I felt like everything in the world was trying to keep me from coming, but I came. And as I walked in the door, I, I basically said, all right, God, I'm here. Now you better prove that you wanted me here. 
And she said, as soon as you started your message, I knew God had called me here today because she said, my, my husband's son's name was Elijah. And you started your entire message talking about Elijah. And I knew God brought me here today to begin the process of healing. And she said, I, I need help. I, you know, I need help through this. Uh, so those are just a few. I mean, Brandon, we, we could take the whole podcast and I could just give you stories from the last month of people saying, wow, God, God spoke to me. And what I would respond to that is I would say, God is always speaking to you. You're just learning how to hear. You're learning how to hear the whispers in your life, which is really, really cool. It's been a powerful series. Thank you for leading us in it. You know, the past couple weeks, you've focused on one day of Elijah's life. Can you take us uh, for the next few minutes, uh, take us back into his background and help us understand him a little bit better and the context that he led, uh, that led to him being overwhelmed enough that he wanted to actually die. Yeah. So we've been focusing on this really great day that turned into a really bad day that turned into a statement of desperation. Uh, and just recently we've traveled 40 days in the desert with him to have a conversation with God. But when you really study his story, you understand both his desperation and his mindset a little more. So Elijah had a difficult job. Elijah had the job of shutting down the country that he loved in hopes that they would open their heart to God. I mean, that that was his call. Uh, he was a part of Israel at a time when it was thriving. Ahab was the king. His dad was Omri. Uh, they were military commanders who'd overthrown the previous regime. Um, but they were big, strong people. They were respected kind of globally in their area because of their military and because of the resources. But they didn't love God. Uh, and Ahab's wife, I mean, worshipped other gods and hated the God of Israel. She didn't want anyone to worship the God of Israel. She tried to kill all the prophets of the God of Israel. So God told Elijah, we're going to shut down the country and, and you're going to be my spokesman. So Elijah goes to Ahab and basically says, you, you've got it all wrong. You're doing well because God, God wants the glory of this country, but you're not giving it to him. So there's going to be a drought until you recognize that it is God who provides all the good things that you have. And then Elijah himself went and hid. He had to run from his life because they, they wanted to kill him. They searched every day for three years to try to kill Elijah. And we find out that he went and lived basically on his own by a little stream and the ravens would bring him food. And it said every day, remember there's a drought every day. He watched the brook that he was by dry up a little more and a little more and a little more. So every day, Elijah for three years is watching his life and his future dwindle away. So he's mentally tough. I mean, every day for three years, he's knowing there's going to be less and less and less and less. So we look back at his life and we say, what is it that Elijah is placing his hope and his security in? I mean, how for three years does he live alone, fed by birds, with a dwindling water supply, but not on any of those days want to die? But after this big event... He, he he's over life. It's like, what, what happened? Clearly, if you read between the lines, Elijah had placed his security, not in the God who was protected, he protecting him, but he, he placed his identity in, in his security in this thought that Israel was going to change their mind. He had placed his identity and security in ministry success. Like he was, he was holding out not for the God of Israel, but for the people of Israel to turn to the God of Israel. And after three years of total solitude, very little food, very little water, but this complete hope in God, 
in this massive ministry moment that should have shaken Israel, when they did not turn their hearts back to God, he was over with it, which tells you what what it takes to discourage you is usually the thing you're living for. And and when they didn't turn their hearts to God, Elijah said, I'm over it. And by the time he gets to God, God has to remind him, listen, no, you're not over it. Um, And I'm still with you. And if you're living for me, not how people respond to me, you're going to be okay. So Elijah needed this massive mindset shift because he had placed his security in something other than just the God of Israel taking care of him. He placed his security in the God of Israel taking care of him and the people of Israel coming back to God. And those didn't both happen, but the God of Israel went nowhere like God had always promised his people, like Jesus later would promise in the New Testament. He never left him. He never forsook him. Uh, He didn't let him down in any way. And Elijah just needed to be reminded God is still here. Your mission still remains. And your mission really isn't to change the hearts of the people. It's just to be obedient to God. Let God deal with the hearts of the people. So it's really cool when you track his story because it's like, man, how could someone for three years be fed by birds while every morning waking up knowing there was going to be less water and wondering when it was going to run out and not on any of those days say, God, kill me. But then after the rain finally started again, say, God, I'm over with it. He clearly had tied his security and what was important to him in life in something other than God. And by the time he was able to get back to the mountain of God, he was able to get his priorities straight again, which is a really cool backdrop to this story. And it makes all of us ask the question, which we've talked about in series, God plus what gives me security? Right. When when you say so. So Elijah's security was this thought that Israel might turn to God when they didn't. He was just over life. What is it that gives you great comfort and makes you think everything is good? If it's anything but God, that can be taken from you. And on the day it's taken from you, you might question God, just like Elijah did. So let's look at this day in the life of Elijah in the midst of this deep hurt and pain. Last week, we learned to diagnose our hurt. This week, we learned how to begin to heal our hurt. Looking closer at the life of Elijah the prophet as a model of how to deal with pain, Pastor Christian, you provided a three-part prescription on how to deal with that pain so that we can begin to hear from God again. Uh, The first was this, God gave Elijah time and space to hear from him. Can you explain what this looked like for Elijah and how this might look like for our lives? Yeah, and we're a couple of weeks deep into into this story, right? I mean, I, I, I didn't really write the prescription. I just read it and explained it to people. It was just the life of Elijah. You know, first he had to silence the wrong voices. Um, you know, his eyes were watching a move of God, but his ears were listening to the voice of Jezebel. And that happens a lot of times in our own life. We, we see the move of God, but we listen to the voice of Jezebel, even in the life of Jesus. When, when Jesus cast the demons out of a a man who tormented this town, their eyes saw the miracle, but their voices talked about the pigs, you know, that the, that the demons destroyed. So often what we see and what we hear are different. So we need to make sure and silence the wrong voices. So Elijah had to get away from Jezebel so that he could trust what his eyes saw that God was moving by silencing the wrong voices. Uh, he had to trim back his schedule. Uh, we talked about that two weeks ago. And, li- and listen, he did that so he could run towards God. He had to trim back his schedule because he did not have enough personal time with God. He didn't trim back his schedule so that he could live in isolation, right? Spiritual solitude is so healthy. If you will be still in a time of solitude and let God in, but if you become isolated, that's very, very dangerous. So he didn't trim his schedule just because he was tired. He trimmed his schedule so he could add more time for God into his schedule. He began to physically rest, 
which is huge. You know, when you say, how do we begin to provide time and space to hear from God? We have to trim our schedule. I heard from a businessman who, after listening to last week's message, texted me and said, I, I just scheduled the next six weeks off in my calendar because I'm drowning and I really don't have time for God, family. I don't have time for physical rest. So the next six weeks, I've just blocked off every Friday in my schedule just to do whatever God would want me to do that day, um, even if it's just rest and enjoy the things that I enjoy in life, just a, a Sabbath for him. Um, and at the end of 40 days, after doing this for 40 days, all of a sudden Elijah had an, an anticipation that he was going to have an encounter with God. Right On this first day, he thought God had left him. On the last day, he woke up expecting to hear from God. And that's the reason God wants to give you time and space. Again, it's a mindset shift. It's it's a shift in perspective from God is going to take care of me to God can't take care of me. By the end of 40 days, he once again expected to hear from God. He was that Elijah by the brook being fed from ravens that every day didn't know where his food was going to come from. He just trusted God was going to show up. It took 40 days to get there again, but at the end of 40 days... He anticipated that he was going to hear from God, and when he heard from him, he followed. Um, so he, he started looking for God in the right places instead of the wrong places, and he started carving out some of that space in his own life. You know, a lot of times, you know, it said that there was a uh, a wind, but God wasn't in the wind. There was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. There was a storm, but God wasn't in the storm. A lot of times in the pace of our life, we look for God in all the big moments. You know, well, did God cause this? Did God do that? The reality is God has been speaking to us every day in his word. God will speak to us through his spirit. We don't need the big noisy things to hear from God. Sometimes we just have to be still so that we can hear the gentle whisper of God in our hearts. Elijah finally got his life back to that place by taking 40 days to trim his schedule so he could run towards God, get his perspective ready, live in anticipation from hearing and God, for hearing from God and knowing that whatever God was going to tell him, God would help him do. Um, and he did. The second part of this prescription um, is this, that God gave Elijah a community that would help carry his spiritual burdens. You made this statement in your message. The greatest thing a church can offer you is not a service. It's a small group. Would you would you take a moment and talk about the importance of being in a small group, specifically as it relates to healing the hurt in our lives? Yeah, and but we don't have to start with hurt. I mean, we, we need to be in a God. God gave us community, not just to heal hurt. But for the enjoyment of our lives, when we go back to the Garden of Eden and we see Adam created in a perfect world, living in a relationship with God, with the animals, with the job that he loved. I mean, he had everything but community. And God looked around and said, it's not good for people to be alone. Adam wasn't hurting. He was just alone. And God said, the thing that would make good go to great is allowing Adam to live in community. God has always been about community. He gave he gave Eve to Adam. Uh, Jesus didn't call one disciple. He called 12. Before Jesus began to spiritually mentor the disciples, he began to relationally connect them to one another. So the whole first year, he was building community really more than he was building Christianity. He was just getting a group to live life together because he knew they would need each other. When he sent them out, he always sent them out two by two. 
you never see the apostle Paul on a journey by himself. It's Paul and Barnabas. It's Paul and Silas. It's Paul and Timothy. It's Paul and Titus. It's Paul and Luke. Uh, and you can go on and on and on. Christianity is a community thing. In Ecclesiastes 4, Solomon kind of in his diary writes in Ecclesiastes 4 that two are better than one because they can more easily defend themselves. And a cord of three strands isn't quickly broken. It's, it's this thought that community brings strength. Um, but life isn't a race. Life isn't just a race. It's a, it's a relay race. Um, and the better your team is, um, the further you can go. And listen, it's not just about having good teammates. It's about being a good teammate. A lot of people don't live in community because they don't want to run their lap. And they would love everyone to run laps for them, but they're unwilling to run laps for anyone else. Life isn't just a race. It's a relay race. And you better have a really good team because there are going to be some days you're going to need your team to run their lap. And there are going to be some days where you need to run a lap for your team. That That's kind of the picture of life that, that God gives us. And part of Elijah's healing would be the community. Um, because remember, he was the one who went to God and said, I don't have anyone. He was the one who said, I'm all alone. He was the one who said, I want to die because I'm alone. And God said, no, you need to live because you have community. I want to die because I am alone. God said, no, you need to live because you have community. Uh, and their names are going to be Hazel. Names are going to be Jehu. Names are going to be Elisha. Those are just going to be the leaders you're going to appoint to help you carry out your mission. But then after that, we read in Second Kings 2 of these schools of the prophets, the company of the prophets that Elijah stated. We don't even learn their names. We just know God needed Elijah because he had community for Elijah both to help Elijah and community that God needed Elijah to speak into. And finally, the third part of the prescription is to pursue the mission of God in your life. Can you help us, Pastor Christian, understand how our impact in the lives of others helps our healing? Well, yeah. So Elijah shows up and says, I, I have nothing else to live for. Um, and I think God kind of said, well, Elijah, what if your life isn't just about you? And what if that's true? What if you have nothing else to live for, but there's a whole lot of people that have things to live for and they depend on you? Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of time, you know, this series, part of this series, Whispers, is about learning to hear from God so you can know God's will for your life. Why do people want to know God's will for their life? Because they're wondering, what's my purpose? They're wondering, do, do I have a purpose? Very few people want to hear God's will for their life so they can know what's in it for them. They just want to know what God has for them. What's the purpose of their life? And when we see the ending of the story of Elijah's life, we see that Elijah's life, the greatest impact of his life, the greatest impact of him getting healthy enough to keep going was that he was going to develop others so they might know God and so they could be used of God in the same way that Elijah was. So, you know, sometimes the best medicine for hurting is serving because it allows you to quit thinking about yourself for a minute and think about somebody else for a minute. I tell people who are deeply depressed and say, man, I can't get out of God. I can't even get out of bed. What do you think I should do? And I tell them, go on a mission trip. Like, what do you mean go on a mission trip? I say, go get on a mission trip because you will forget all the things in your own life for a minute. If you go on the right mission trip to the right place, you're going to actually begin to see the blessings in your life 
there that you don't see here and maybe you'll develop some purpose you're, you're going to look around and go to sleep after a long day of serving and say today someone needed me and you're going to remember the world needs you um elijah said I, you know i don't know that there's anything left for me and god said what if it's not about you you know what if this whole thing is not about you elijah what if it's about israel what if it's about the next generation of israel what if it's about elisha who needs a mentor what if it's about hazel from aram who needs the confidence to to go claim the throne what if it's about jehu needing permission to already do what god has spoken into him like elijah not everything is about you but what you can do if it turns out being about other people can actually help a whole lot more people so we say serving is a part of getting healthy because it allows you to focus on others and there's something about flexing your serving muscles that heals your hurting muscles uh it's just just the way it happens pastor christian thank you for leading us through this series it has been extremely powerful and uh We want to thank you again for listening to this podcast today. We pray that our conversation has been an encouragement to you as you find healing in your own life or help someone else who's working through their pain. We'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.